Hello and welcome to Rangers in Space. You can put the echo in afterwards. Um, today's episode, where we talk about movies, comics, and nerdum in general, this is going to be a very endgame heavy podcast. I warn you first. We will have the first half will not be spoilery. We'll just kind of keep it light and fluffy. Um, but then we will give you a mark where it does get heavy. Uh, this comes out on the day that the uh, national um, the, the, Russo, the Russo brothers uh, spoiler free period. Yes. Ends. Yes. That's when this comes out. You're listening to it live right now in your ears. Hello, I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Amy. I'm the Pink Ranger. Add the echo effect later. I'm Robert. I'm Robert. I'm Robert. I'm Robert. I'm Robert. And you heard the echo. There's the echo, 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 echo. And I'm sorry, everybody. I'm throwing down a spoiler right now. The Sonic movie's going to suck, and I can't wait to watch it. Oh my you God. are derailing this right out the gate. How <laughs> dare you? What the hell? We are all over the place. But I also do want to just start talking about the Sonic movie. God damn it. God, oh, okay. I, I next, next time, next time. So speaking of all over the place, the something I found really admirable about uh yes, fuck you. Uh, about <laughs> Endgame is how they had multiple concurrent plot lines, and it wasn't convoluted. You, they were of equivalent um, drama and interest, and they just did it really nicely. So then, when everything similar to Infinity War synced up at the end, you were like, ah, you know, it was just nice. Like they really nailed the balance well, and a lot of movies can't do that. There's always one plot line where you're like, I don't care about this. Or you're like, who's that again? But Yeah, it's um, it is like I feel like with Infinity War had had tons of multiple uh, storylines going on. I feel like Endgame was, I don't know, there's still a bunch, actually. Yeah, I, I, what I I do have to agree with Amy on that. But I will say in a very different way than Infinity War, because mm-hmm. Infinity yeah. War, it was about establishing scope of yes. what's going on and yep. i will say in some respects infinity war is actually a much bigger film in terms of areas traveled connections made and setting everything up it actually had a ton of different side stories and plot lines that had to go and come together like you said at the very end this movie had a lot of plot lines but there weren't a lot of substrates or variants it was a very focused story Yes. That took place from a lot of perspectives and ultimately did end up coming together, but everything still was moving towards that basically the whole way through. After the first act, I mean, it really is all uh, cohesively come together. Yeah. Yeah. It all kind of started and ended in where you in the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, God, it's a movie 10 years in the making. It's uh, so many characters. Like yeah, all of them, all of them, Smash Bros. Everyone's here. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, literally they did everyone. A really good job though of giving just about everybody their moment, their space. I think the movie focused on who we wanted to and expected them to focus on, except Nebula. I was surprised by how big of a role she had, mm-hmm. um, but I was fine with it. I liked that character. I was just surprised. 
It, uh, you expect them to focus on Iron Man, Thor, and uh, Captain America. I didn't expect Nebula I, to have so much focus. Yeah, I without going into spoilers, because yeah, Yet. not not gonna say too much there. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that eventually. We'll we'll double back to this point. Uh, I will say they did a pleasant job of surprising me. I thought I had this movie kind of figured out from the get-go just between analyzing trailers and just looking at some of the stuff that had been teased between Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp's uh, mid-credit sequence. I thought I had this all locked down, and while a lot of my predictions didn't end up being true, how yeah. we got there were not even close. Yeah, like... I have to agree with you. There, there is like two key points that I kind of thought were they're gonna hit, um, and they did. And I was like, "Oh yeah!" But then there was so many other ones that I did not see coming that caught me blindsided. That I was just like, "What?" Yeah. So I, I'm never gonna be able to look at Thor the same way ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thor. Oh, oh yeah, Thor. No, no one was expecting Thor. No one was expecting Bruce Banner. It was... There was a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. That they, they, there is quite a passage of time in these movies. I think most of the movies have, like, at max, a two-year passage of time, either between movies or within. This one um, covers about five years. Which... It is... Yes, uh, the movies themselves actually is one to one. So when you actually look at when the movies came out, uh, it, they briefly talk about it in some of them. Like Thor, I remember them saying like two years ago. It's like, oh, he, uh, Thor showed up two years ago in Thor two, uh, or yeah, that was a Thor two. Is like he disappeared for two years, and then you look chronologically back of like when it, Thor one was it was two years ago. It was actually pretty close to one to one when they came out. So, with the exception of Spider-Man: Homecoming, where Sony just screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Eight years later, wait, hold on. <laughs> How far in the future is? And then Infinity War. It's like, oh, wait, no, no, yeah. No. So there's, there's been there's been five years between these two events, and Spidey's already here. So okay. Yeah. Somebody screwed up. I actually don't know if it was Sony or if it was Marvel on that one because that was a joint production. So I'm just everybody screwed up as far as I'm concerned. I think yeah. it's probably Sony because they made emoji movies. So I know that there's no level of screwing up that is beyond Sony. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider-Verse, just throwing that out there. Spider-Verse are, is amazing. Yeah. They were all over the place. They, they have moments. Yeah. <laughs> they have moments. They're just they're just trying to do it there. They're just Sony is just human. They they do good stuff, but then they also make mistakes, and it's just mm -hmm. it's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, uh, their slogan did used to be "Beyond Human." It's like, well, you guys have certainly proven that <laughs> some mistakes are beyond what humanity is capable of. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, enough about Spider Man, or uh, dust in the wind, as I refer to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. oh. We we don't need to worry about Infinity War spoilers, do we? Okay. Marco passed on that one. No, I guess yeah, I, I, I think I think if you're if you're worrying about Endgame spoilers, you've watched Infinity War. Probably, <laughs> hopefully. It was weird in Endgame how they made it so Spidey was the only one who could feel it coming on just for just an Infinity War. Grab. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm yeah. That, Spider Man. That, that was annoying to me. 
everyone was like quoting that like i don't feel so good and i'm like i guess that that was an improv line like it was just him ad-libbing that wasn't supposed to be in the movie and they just liked it enough that they had him do it again seriously and they put it in the film and i think uh, the portion of disbelief is that uh people were like oh spider-man's got spidey sense so he can sense it coming okay. yeah and Although, i think that's the which like, they the forgot stock. about until like uh in infinity war with his little arms it's like they forgot about it it's yeah they never they've never really used spidey sense in any of the other movies i don't think Uh, the the raimi films used that but yeah it was done artistically instead of being like oh my spidey senses are tingling yeah um just the sound effect that would go and run on there and the background would go out of focus which i love that effect just for the record i i know i'm an apologist to the sam raimi films but there were a lot of subtle things they did i appreciate yeah I think if you look back, we could talk about that. If you look back at those, they have like a, they've got, they hold up in certain spots. Uh, yeah. Being what kind of it's, films are, but we're not talking about, we're talking about yeah, anger. No. <laughs> I'm going to bring up a point about Infinity War that I really appreciated uh, mm-hmm. without doing too Infinity much War or Endgame? Endgame. I'm going to talk about Endgame. Okay. My friend even posted on her Facebook, who wants to see Infinity War with me this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, the movie, I, so in the Stephen King book, Misery, this sounds like a derail thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, one of the characters talks about how she hates um, magic endings. Mm-hmm. So that's why I personally generally hate time travel or anything like that. I hate, you know, uh, she uses the example, you see a series at the end of the series, the car, the heroes in goes off a cliff and the car explodes Next week, they show the hero escaping at the last second when he very clearly did not. In the you know magic endings, uh, mm-hmm. cre- oh, you you would you would not like JoJo uh, Bizarre Adventure. Nope, nope. <laughs> maybe not. So maybe many ex machinas. Oh God, so ex many. Machina. I guess I could have if I knew that term better. Just use that. <laughs> uh, everything there was a balance of victory and loss, uh, and I felt I didn't feel cheated by any of it i i uh, agree with that yeah and i think they knew that nerd boys and girls were going to pick it apart so they made sure not to cheat like pixar says a coincidence can only be present if it does not benefit the protagonist mm-hmm. you know it's not satisfying to watch someone win or lose by coincidence and it's not satisfying to see someone gain without losing so even though there are some sad parts i feel good about it i feel satisfied I, it- there's a lot of humor though too. I was there was a lot of good humor in this movie. Like there's some scenes that yeah, there's some scenes of we we haven't said yet, but uh we will say in the future that are like they're hilarious. Like what am I watching? This is a completely different vibe than it was before and then it jumps around to that and then it goes back to action sad and there's even the sad scenes uh like it's there, there are some really sad scenes that are like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, in the movie theater and watch. Mm-hmm. There is some scenes right at the beginning of the film, which I was surprised because I didn't even realize the film had started already because it went from trailers and then it seemed like this was just another trailer. Well, they, they uh, didn't do the classic Marvel lead in with the 45 seconds of, you know. Also, <laughs> uh, yeah, the theater I was in was also like, it seems kind of locally owned. So mm-hmm. it was like two trailers 
And then the lights didn't even like dim yet. And then it was already going. I was like, wait a second. This is the movie. We're all watching the movie right now. Then the lights started like dimming without me noticing. And then we're into it. I was like, it wasn't until like, I noticed one of the characters like, oh, that's him. That's we're, we're in this right now. And when the scene happened in that movie at the very beginning, the whole crowd this is really good to watch it with a crowd. This is one of those movies you can watch it. Um, whole crowd was like, oh, like it. everyone felt it. And you feel everyone feel it in the room and the electricity, the the emotion in the room then kind of captivates on the movie that happened with other scenes too, where uh, people like things happening. People are like excited and they've, they've been waiting for this movie for a long time. Uh, I did have a buddy who went and watched it and he almost got upset because literally everything that happened his like the audience would like start clapping. And so it was just like, why are you clapping in a movie? This is, we're trying to watch this. So it's like every time something really big happened, which happened uh, very key points that you could easily point out, the audience would start clapping be- after it because of just how cool or awesome or whatever thing they're, they're waiting for to see happen, happen. Cause there is a lot of that in this movie. This is, this is, this is a wet dream movie. I, I, I'm going to hold back on a little bit of comment that's right along those lines. I'm going to save it for spoiler territory. Ooh, okay. Because um, that's footnote something I've got one. a lot to say about there with this go. movie, but I don't know how to address it without spoilers. So. Okay, that's footnote one. So when yeah. you start that conversation, just say footnote one, and we'll know right yep. where we're talking yep. about. All right, all right. Uh, but yeah, I, something that I do want to bring up about this film, because we had you know the Fantastic Infinity War, we had the very good still, but, you know, felt a little bit weird after, you know, the emotions at the end of Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then we had that really tonally inconsistent uh, Captain Marvel movie, which, you know, I still say I liked, but its problems are numerous and it does feel really weird in context of the rest of the MCU. It this, does. This movie, thankfully... With very few exceptions. There's a couple of moments where it does feel a little bit off. But overall, this film felt... Because of events that happen in the movie, this film actually felt like one of the best examples of tonal consistency. We're talking about 22 films worth of content culminating in this one film. And it managed to feel like it really was part of every one of those at the same time. It was more than just a single film. It was the culmination of these other 22 films coming together and in a very good way. Yes. It, it didn't feel with the exception of minor moments, like it was trying to be anything more than just part of this larger universe, which is the feeling that you need to have because whether we like it or not, this film really is the culmination of the MCU I know there's going to be films after this. We got Spider-Man coming up in a few months. But I do honestly question after this whether or not anything's really going to hold up to this finale. Yeah. yeah. I can only think is like if they are just going to kind of start anew. If this, <clears throat> if this is like a, the end of the saga. So they're just going to try and cap it. And then they're just going to kind of start sort of fresh. Mm-hmm. like I guess that's the best way I can say it. it's still going to be connected there's characters that you know that are from that but it's going to be fresh in a way that it's not trying to like jump on the back of it but I don't know if that's going to work or not you might 
it's my biggest concern right now. Like, I, I know we're trying to critique the film and all that stuff, but re- real talk here about the MCU. We, and I don't think this is a spoiler, we're moving beyond the phase one characters. Yes. You know, that yeah. that's something that anybody who's been part of that has made pretty clear going into this movie. Uh, whether it's uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. Uh, you know, they're not saying that they're done with the MCU, but they made it pretty clear that this is the end of their character arcs. Yeah. And the film does a great job with that. The only concern that I have now is that they put so much emphasis on these characters. And now we're going into a situation where we are relying on really good characters to go and take up the mantle. You know, we've got some great stuff with Dr. Strange. Um, I, I do love, uh, the new Spider-Man uh, Black Panther is absolutely amazing. And there's still a large supporting cast of phase one characters that are still there, but it is going to be very interesting to see where things go just because this film is so large in scale and the implications of it so far reaching, just like with infinity war, it's really hard to say where things are going to go in the future. And I don't know whether or not audiences are going to be, emotionally capable of moving beyond this. I saw a lot of people in my theater at the end uh, over a range of emotions, both happy and sad were crying at the end of the film. And I just kind of wonder, are they going to be able to go back to the more traditional procedural stories, new origin films, the traditional sequels? Is that really going to work as well now that we've had this apex? Yeah. Yeah. That is a good question. Like, I do have an idea of where they can kind of go because they have put certain key characters now with all the who have, like how things ended up are now in the same kind of age range of each other now too. Mm -hmm. So it could bring those, all those characters together to kind of like, um, uh, do like a young Avengers thing. So, Mm -hmm that's a possibility is like, it's going to be, yeah, all these new younger guys and characters being in like the new Avengers or the young Avengers. And maybe that's going to go. I don't know how they'd make it big again. It would just be, again, it would have to be build up again. It would take another 10 years to build up the way they kind of did to create the suspense from each movie until there's some overarching plot that eventually all comes together at the very end, in which case they could add, all as many characters as they did in the last three uh, phases for the next three. Yeah. Um, so maybe they could do it again, but it will, it is very much a drop. Like they've hit this thing. It's the climax and now they're going to have to drop again. And it might be the best time too. Cause that was a big talk of people getting uh superhero fatigue from these movies. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they did like, again, drop down to simple, um, one one movie a year we were getting two movies a year um to one movie a year kind of more less world ending events to just like oh these are bad guys and you're dealing with regular smaller city sized or maybe block sized uh bad guys that are just gonna kind of steal a bunch of things and then you can like kind of decompress a little bit and then have it ramp up again um 
but who knows? Maybe maybe this was something that was so big that it's not going to happen again, or maybe it's going to be what's expected from here on out to just build up for 10 years on a franchise and then have it all pay off and then just let that set and then go up again, just up and down roller coasters. So if you're not planning on watching, if you haven't watched it yet, I definitely would say do, but don't go into it unless you've watched all the Marvel movies. Um you're just it's not as satisfying like for example i tried to watch civil war without having seen more than one marvel movie and it didn't work i've seen Ow. and then i tried to see civil war and it obviously civil war is not the best of the marvel franchise in my opinion but it is the third longest one mm-hmm. it's also very boring <laughs> uh, yeah. and yeah so yeah, just don't don't go see it without that, and also um, pee first. Mm-hmm. See it while if it's you... hot. Don't wait. This is a cultural phenomenon. I missed Lord of the Rings. Don't miss this. this... Amy comes from an interesting corner of this because, again, like she hadn't watched really most of them, and then it wasn't until about two or three months before this was coming out that we then watched all of them in succession. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know it was a little, it was a little grueling. Um, but I'm glad I got it done in time for Endgame because I didn't watch any of the Lord of the Rings movies, and I watched them like ten years later. I'm like, guys, these are awesome, and I missed, I missed it. It's such a cool way to connect and be excited about something with people. Uh, nerdy things like this, people get excited about in such a genuine, childlike way that few things do uh, for people anymore. So, I mean, it's it's a cultural phenomenon. It's part of, it's it's an event, you know, you should go. Not to, like, overhype it, but, you know, it's one of those things that have come out. I, that, may, yeah. may I follow up, please? You may follow up, but not too closely. No. Don't, don't plot tire me. Yeah, not, not a problem, not a problem. <laughs> but to Amy's point, I would say, if you have enjoyed the MCU films, and if you've seen... At least a majority of them. I, I, there's a couple I could say are solid skips that you don't necessarily need to see to understand what's going on. But generally speaking, seen most of them. Incredible seen all the Hulk. key ones. Yeah. yeah. You can skip Incredible Hulk. We did. Yeah. And uh, if you're really hard up for entertainment, you can probably go and skip the first Ant-Man. But not the second one. <clears throat> I know I had I had a weird situation where I actually I somehow had missed seeing Ant Man in the theaters. I really? didn't see it until Civil or and didn't see it until after Civil War. Like I had intended to go to it and then completely forgot about it. Like it just came so quick. That that's that came out within three months of Age of Ultron. Mm. And I was really disappointed in that movie. Oh also I think everyone thought um Ant Man was a joke. But he's mm-hmm. actually cool. I, I I absolutely love it. That's I think that might be my favorite origin film, uh, with the exception of uh, the first Avenger. That might be my favorite origin film that they've done in the MCU. But I didn't see it when it actually happened. See? I only thought about it when I saw Civil War and saw him in there. and was just like, God damn it! I didn't watch this movie. Well, they were more relaxed at that point too. I think yeah. as like when they first started, they were like serious Captain America stuff. 
Thor, we don't know what to do. Let's make it a love story. No, let's not. Let's make it an emo, crazy, dark, boring ass story. No, let's, oh, we don't know what to do with Thor. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man's funny. Oh, that was received well. Okay, okay. Let's add more jokes in our regular movies. Okay, okay. Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Boom, we're not afraid to be funny anymore. Yeah, like, I, I think you're Thor definitely three. right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thor oh, Ragnarok. No. Yeah, that's when they're <laughs> the, like... Mm. The greatest burning trash heap I've ever seen. And I'm talking about Sakaar, not the actual movie itself, because the movie's amazing, just it takes place <laughs> largely on the trash heap. <laughs> it does, it does, yeah. And I um, that. Um, I but do... th just to make a point with that, sorry, I, I, yeah, I derailed my own thought. But um, to Amy's point, if you see most of the films, I would recommend watching it if you're somebody that's been a fan of this stuff. But I do want to temper expectations a little bit here. Don't come at this like it's another MCU movie. Mm. Don't come at this like it's a standalone film. Because honestly, most of the MCU movies, including the previous three Avengers films, most people, I think, could, with the way they're written, just walk into any of them and still be able to follow the story. Maybe not get the impact of it as well, but could be engaged by the storylines could get an idea as to what's going on and follow through with it. They do a good job of explaining their, their exposition work in those films, generally speaking, have been very good. This movie, I will be honest, was somewhat disappointing. I had to watch it a second time to really get to the point where I can say I liked it. Because the first time I tried to look at this from the perspective of it just being a standalone film, the way that a reviewer would have to do it. That's how oh. I look at most films. Yeah. And I will be honest, I'm surprised to see that this thing has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. I am actually surprised to see that. Because it does have some pretty glaring problems from that perspective. If you look at it as, yeah, the culmination of everything coming together, this is a love letter to the fans. If you come at it from almost the perspective of looking at it like it's the end of a amazing season of a television series and this is the finale this is what everything's been building up to this is what an entire season of great moments is ending with you're going to be a lot happier don't come looking at it like it's infinity war it's a very different kind of film it's great in what it accomplishes it's great in what it gives us but it's not a normal kind of film and I found myself the second time watching it, I was a little bit more relaxed. I was just kind of giving myself to the moment. It's like, this, this is like the finale to season two of Arrow. It had built itself up so well. It had established a great world. They finally gave us a good cemented villain that we could go and be rooting against. They gave us personality. They gave us sympathetic moments to the bad guy. They gave us great moments for the heroes that made us endeared to them. And it just ends the way that you want it to. Through all the tragedy and whatnot. It's great. But I had to watch it a second time to get there because I was watching it from the wrong perspective the first time. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I just want to temper that expectation because I actually have talked to quite a few people who had the same reaction that I did. And it's not that any of us thought it was bad the first time. It's still good. 
but it's not as good of a film if you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. This is a very different kind of movie. I've never seen something like this. To my knowledge, there's never really been another film like this. And it requires to be viewed from a very different lens than normal. I think so. I think that's that's the best way to describe it. it is it's there hasn't really been a movie like this before that needed it's, it's 10 years in the making. Yeah, 10 and years think, and 22 films. It's a television yeah. season of movies. And I think that's the thing with with Amy and I watching all of them in succession leading up to it. Uh, it's you're you're in the idea of these movies are all connected. And then this is it's like watching a season of TV of like over yeah. a couple of months. So when I went into it, I watched it the first time and I was just in it because I was just waiting for all that to lead together. And so. Yeah, let's get right into spoilers. We're getting right into spoilers right now. Yeah, all right. We're in spoiler territory. You have three seconds to end this podcast. Three, two, one. Black Widow dies. (laughs) I was going to say, the Hulk is the most boring part of the movie. Oh, my God. The boring part? I know. He's, he's, I was not expecting him, though, but I I can understand him. That was the most most surprising thing in the entire movie. Bruce so. Banner as the Hulk combination. It was really satisfying. And then we weren't dealing with like weird Bruce, like, no, change, no drama. I, <laughs> I, I gotta Whoa. be honest, the erectile dysfunction jokes from Infinity War were very sadly missed for me. I, I've had a hard time with Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Like it worked in Ragnarok and I liked it in Infinity War. I, so the least funny part of the movie. If you need a pee break, Hulk getting lunch. <laughs> oh, uh, um, the Hulk uh, that is from the comic books. And here's the other funny part is now. Yes. Yeah. yeah all these things are actually. Con- so um, he's like that. He can still go get mad, mad. But what happens is when he transforms, they're like swapped now. So he's big and green and smart. So when he swaps, he goes back to his dumb mind. But then his body goes back to his regular human body. So when he gets mad and crazy, he goes back to regular sized human Bruce Banner. But then he's like Hulk smart. So he just like smash. Ugh. And I don't know if they will do that, but that's basically what that character is now. That's comic books for you is he like basically swaps the two around and now he's smart and strong. And then when he just transforms, he goes dumb and also weak and puny human. So I don't foresee them using him much. I he he's got one more film left on contract, but after what happened with Infinity War and after and how he hasn't really been embraced by the fan base, I don't know. I I get the feeling that he's gonna get that one last film and he's probably going to be a sidekick character like he was in Ragnarok. Oh yeah. Um it also seems like the next Guardians movie, which is confirmed is going to have yeah. Thor all up in it. I And I couldn't be happier about that. Fat Thor, there is so much to love in Fat Thor. <laughs> I like that they didn't, like, when he did his magic thunder, I thought his body was going to bounce back. And oh, I'm so that... glad it didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now if you're a chubby cosplayer cosplaying Thor, guess what? Accurate. Not like you need to be accurate to be valid, but also... go you I can be. See... Yeah, that, I, 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 I want to see every chungus out there pulling their Thor. That's what I want to see. 
Skinny Thor is out. Chubby Thor is in. <laughs> I did. I did really like it when it was double wielding weapons. I was like, that's fucking. So that's another thing is at the end there, they had Tony Stark or Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, which were the first three uh, from phase one. And then they just walking up to Thanos, who was just chilling there because he's a fucking badass like that. Where he's like, go get me the glove. I'll wait here. Chink with a giant ass fucking sword. And they just roll up and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is this is the this is climaxing right here of like your original three against Thanos. And then they fight and it's pretty sweet. And then Thor drops his Mjolnir. And then as soon as I saw that drop, I was just like, Captain they're gonna probably do this. Yeah, they're going to do, do this. Starts floating up and they're like, yeah, there it's happening. And then he, even then, when I knew it was going to happen, seeing him walk up with it, it was still it was still pretty cool. It, and it, then, it was pretty epic. Yeah. And just seeing him the way he fought with it, of him just constantly throwing them both at him and having them return and then like smashing them together and causing uh, the explosions from uh, in uh, first Avengers movie and yeah, doing yeah, that the, kind of the stuff. sonic boom and all that. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was, there was a lot of. The, the guess, fanfare spoilers. was fantastic. It was all good stuff. It was like it kept on thing of like it, it felt like what ifs. It was tons of what ifs because they then revisited the elevator scene from um, uh, Winter Soldier. And when that happens, and he does the Hail Hydra, gives you goosebumps. And the audience was like, oh, my God, that was a great scene. Then he has to fight himself at another point. And it's just that like was my favorite for the whole movie. Not- <laughs> clincher of that's america's ass that's that is america's ass and i like like i like the difference the contrast it really was the most literal way to compare past captain to current cap with like character development he's so much more deceptive and yes he's like i won't let you go and he's like oh i know you won't (laughs) yeah yeah you know how determined i am he's like i fucking know bud (laughs) so yeah and then he yeah he became deceptive too that was the thing is like he used he used bucky is alive as a way to distract him and then use the scepter and like i remember the whole thing of him that was he was the good character who'd never stooped to using that and then in this he just like gotta get him away other things are more important so yeah, it's it's a good example of how he's changed over time, and uh, yeah, but time travel, time I, travel. I, I feel like I feel like we got to start from the beginning here. Okay, let's start from the beginning. There's so we much can keep stuff. talking about the moments that we like, and we're never gonna get anywhere. So let's let's just start right at the beginning with okay. that punch to the gut you knew was not going to stay that way. <laughs> oh, Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, that that opening sequence. That was rough. And like Tyler said, there's no leading. No. It's just yeah. happens. Yeah. I was, it's like, I was confused. I was like, is this a is this a commercial? Or is this another way? Then I saw Jem- Jeremy Rayner's face. I was like, oh no, this is the movie. We're we're doing it. It's starting now. Yeah. No, and it, it just happened so quick with that callback to what happened in Infinity War. Just his family's there, and then he's the last one left. Yeah. And it, it hurts. Like, I always forget on how good of an actor he is because he's been like the worst Avenger for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, but like, he, he was, he was the, 
He's been the every, heart of the group. Yeah. 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 He was that in all through uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. And then that lead sort of like he's like the everyday guy. And that lead completely changed to Paul Rudd's character in this. Uh, so it was like Paul Rudd was seemed like the tie into everything. He was the one you followed around, which was I, I thought it was pretty good because he's like. I, they considered, did. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's considered the low like the low character and so then him being like the one that you're following around is like kind of this weird tie into everything and his experience is like what the fuck's going on it, it was kind of interesting because he actually was in many respects the real focal point of the first uh, two acts of the story yeah because yeah. he missed all of it like mm-hmm. you have this crazy moment where Tony is, you know, saved at the last second by Captain Marvel and is brought back and they go after Thanos. And yeah, I, that, this is a prediction I got right and wrong simultaneously. Because <laughs> I predicted that there would be two conflicts with Thanos in this movie. Oh. I predicted wrong, though, that they were going to lose the conflict with Thanos at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Boy, was I wrong on that one. See, I wasn't even expecting that. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think they'd go see Thanos, and I didn't think it would just be that quick where they just I, killed and it's done. And it's just like, like, like that really puts despair into everyone. And then that's when they start getting desperate. Yeah, no, and I, I actually, I, I love that moment. Just this. <sighs> It's Thanos kind of been saying, won twice. Well, that <laughs> kind of it's this is something that actually I I talked about how much I love Thanos in Infinity War when we talked about that last year. And this film is very interesting because there really are two Thanos in this. And I don't mean the fact that we see him twice. I mean, there's there actually is. two different Thanos personalities in this movie. It is because there's the one is. that we in Infinity War who in his actions also still feels regret. He feels a sense of shame, I think. Yeah. Over how he had to do what he felt he needed to do. And that exists all the way up until Thor chops his head off. Yeah. And the thing else that you see later on in the movie, the one from, uh, God, how long ago? Uh, Nine years in the past. Yeah, that was nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Timelines. They're fucked up now. Uh, <laughs> they are. But, uh, yeah, the Thanos that you see later is so aggressive, so tyrannical, so... Yeah. He's a different... He, he's such a different personality than the one that we saw in the previous film. I'm sure we're not done with Thanos because of this. Because We should some, be. We we, should, we be. should be, but I think there's going to be some backstory information that we're going to get later, whether it's in a Captain Marvel two or I you don't know. want any more Thanos. I'm done with that character. <laughs> you know, personally, he had such a good arc. Yeah, there's, it's just I don't have anything more. I want it. It I can kind of agree with that. I just find it so weird because this is the one thing that got me in terms of that tonal consistency. Thanos is the one thing that actually doesn't fit in this movie. And it's weird because 
he's the ultimate conclusion to the whole thing. So Thanos in Infinity War is actually very compassionate. Yep. And he's the exact opposite in this. So what happened between the events of the first Avengers movie and what happened in Infinity War that changed him so much? He lost the daughter that he loved. She left him. I guess. It's just, mm. that's... I don't know. It just... She didn't betray him then because she didn't... I guess she did, oh, did kind of leave yeah, in Guardians. But... Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. What, what, what you're saying, where like the Thanos in in Endgame was like way more aggressive, and yeah, he he had a completely different tone to him. He, he was actually a real villain. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. younger though. Yeah, younger it's, and nine I, nine years younger. Yeah, I I just find that really fascinating that they chose to go this route, and you know. Going back to the Pixar playbook, since he went and brought that up, there's no sense in including something in a film unless it actually has importance. The MCU has been that way basically the entire time, with the exception of a couple of plot threads where they clearly decide to either retcon or change something for the sake yes. of the bigger narrative. Because there's yeah. a little bit of that at the beginning of the MCU. Yeah. Um, not so much recently. I haven't seen a lot of inconsistencies, but they've become so focused on what the next phase is all culminating towards. I find it very interesting. They decided to go that route when there were a lot more obvious storylines that they could have gone with. This movie constantly surprised me and in good ways that five year skip. Yes. Holy yeah. shit. I did not see that coming. See, that was one of the things I did see coming is like, I had two predictions that there would be time travel. And also yeah. this movie would take place in the future that it was going to be them like, yeah, in the future that they've been dealing with this for so long that they actually, eventually it took that long to come up with an idea to beat Thanos. That does so, make it seem more dramatic that the despair has marinated. I, yeah. I, I see Widow and she looks like a fucking wreck. I, like I said, I actually loved the beginning of this movie and that's the one I hear everybody bitching about. It's just like, such a downer it's like but that's what makes it work that's what makes the end so satisfying is that even you as an audience member you know it's going to be okay in the end but you're still feeling the same sense of hopelessness that the main cast is going through and i love what they did hallelujah the russo brothers did it again they gave us a great black widow moment it wasn't something predictable. Having her basically running the Avengers at that her at that point five years later and just being a wreck. Trying to save anybody she can, even from things that don't matter, like an undersea quake. And just being yeah. totally helpless. Yeah. I love Scarlett Johansson in this movie. She was she was such a great tool for conveying the emotion of hopelessness that everybody was suffering. And she's also ultimately one of the people that made the great sacrifice that allowed a good conclusion to come. I actually am finally excited for a Black Widow movie because of this. Yeah. No, they did a lot less focusing on her ass and more focusing on 
her and it was, yeah. I felt like I got to know her in this film <laughs> yeah that's just it because like I've enjoyed her in a lot of the films um but honestly the one that we got the most out of her was in uh Captain America the Winter Soldier and even then she was still playing sidekick to Cap in that film well, and she's, it's hard to make you empathize with a closed off character because that is part of her thing. She's emotionally inaccessible and her yeah. past is, you know. Having her in that broken moment just does so much for the character. And just, it elevated everything emotionally in the film. And that's something, the first act I thought was really artfully done and really well put together. I loved what they did with Ant-Man, you know, following that up with him finally getting out of the, uh, God, I, I'm always terrible with the name of that quantum damn thing. Realm? Yes. The quantum yeah, realm. The quantum realm. Yeah. After you guys five just years. in front of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This time at soccer Rangers, a quantum podcast. <laughs> Ooh, quantum Rangers. Don't, don't let Cole hear this. <laughs> God. We'll run with it. Oh God. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I I love that. I loved Ant Man's emotional distress coming out of there, and he was the human character. He was the one you're supposed to relate to in this whole situation, where he's just like the everyday guy who's like dealing with things. And I think the taco scene oh, is the best point of that, where he has a taco. And he's just trying to eat his taco. And then there's fucking spaceships slamming now, blow away his taco, and then other robots landing and insulting him. And then Hulk just, here you go, have some tacos. And he's just like, I just want to eat my tacos. I'm just a man, <laughs> just a regular man who wants tacos. Oh, I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. Um, he was really emotionally good too, though, when he was looking at the wall, like, not Cassie, not Cassie. Oh my God. I, wa- I wanted to cry. Like, I don't know why I sympathize so much with these, you know, I don't know why I sympathize so much with these kind of dad characters, but damn it. That you're moment. You're, dad. you're actually, you are, you're actually a dad. You have I, some children. I, I, <laughs> I have many children, but all of them are man children. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, that, I can't that's help the that. exact truth. Yeah, you, you know how they say you can't choose your family? Unfortunately, I can, and I chose wrong. That's all I'm going to say there. Um, but no, I loved him. And honestly, another prediction. I predicted Tony Stark was going to die. But the entire movie while I'm watching it, and while they're building up Ant-Man, I am terrified for him. It's like, oh. no, no, they're, they're foreshadowing too much. He's going to make a sacrifice play for Cassie. He's going to do something. No, man, don't, don't. They haven't confirmed an Ant-Man 3 yet. Don't. Don't. <laughs> There's been no Ant-Man 3 confirmed. God damn it. No. Abort. Yeah. Abort. <laughs> oh. I'm serious. There, there's that moment where that first shot comes down into the Avengers building. And you see him getting blown back. And it's just like, no. <laughs> he took a brunt of force there. Man, that was fucked. They just like, oh. Oh, that. That might be my favorite scene in the entire movie, but only because, you know, he lived. <laughs> so this is this is the thing I wanted to bring up um, when I was talking about uh, certain characters being in the same age group now. Yeah. Um, so Cassidy, uh, she's now kind of around the same age as Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, so she could very easily be an Ant-Man, Ant-Woman. Yeah. Um, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And then there's the... 
So at the very end with uh, Tony Stark's funeral and they're all in the dock and it went from character to character to character, it stopped on one character. I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. It was like a teenage boy. It was someone I just didn't recognize. And then afterwards, it I guess it was said that that's the boy from uh, Iron Man 3. Same actor and everything. And so that means he could very easily fill the role as the next Iron Man. So with that, you kind of have... You have them all there. That's like the next Avengers. You have, well, and, and you have Hawkeye's daughter as well. That they were kind of, yes, you know, yeah. alluding to maybe something going on there. She's clearly and a good shot. They're all kind of about the same age now. They're all like teenage. Well, they're not actually teen. Uh, some of them she are. Some turns. of them aren't. But Marvel's they, teen yeah, yeah, young Avengers. Yeah, they're called. So no. that's why I really think the next movies are that's like their next phase is young Avengers and they're going to play all those characters up and you might see the adults have their movies, but they might be seen as more authority figures or like, um, oh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Adult teacher and they might mentors. not have mentors. mentors. So they wouldn't be like, they'd be more like side character mentor characters opposed to full fledged main characters and i could totally see that being the kind of way they're going down I, i'm gonna be very curious here because I'm, I'm a little too and I, I don't sleep i read that's things <laughs> yeah understood. um one of the shows that's confirmed for disney plus is uh the winter Look. soldier and falcon uh, yes yeah yeah which boy the falcon's getting a title upgrade <laughs> yeah with captain america yeah that which was captain falcon <laughs> that's what i wasn't i was not expecting that i, I everyone like, i know that that's happened in the comics but that was not a particularly well-liked series yeah and i'm very curious where they're gonna go with this especially since that's not something they're slating for a film it's what they're slating for tv and to your point i could very easily see them going young avengers with this yeah, I could very easily see that becoming a good television series because it's a lot of characters. You can have individual episodes and focus on them. There's a lot of potential to keep going and growing the cast. There's a lot you can work with with that kind of idea. I don't know if it's necessarily film quality because there's always potential for actors to screw up somewhere along the lines, but mm. I, I see good potential there. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus movies... Uh, mm -hmm. This also does bring up that they have a vision Wanda. So with yeah. the vision, that was one I wasn't expecting. It's like, I was hoping they would have brought back vision uh, because there is a character like he's like anti vision or like yeah. whatever. Uh, and he's basically with his soul stone removed. He just com becomes completely robotic and like loses emotion and he's all mm -hmm. gray. And I, when he died and he turned all gray, I was like, Oh, maybe they're going to bring that vision. But no, he was just dead. And it was like, yeah, I, was kinda... I appreciated that though. Like, yeah. I'm glad that there were actually stakes in this movie. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. They're, they're still coming out with a Vision Wanda TV series now for Disney Plus. I just wonder if that's just going to be them, you know, going through the time period between uh, Civil War mm. and Infinity War. Because, I mean, they made point. They've been doing a lot of stuff all over the world. But and something else that also interests me is there was them traveling through time. Mm -hmm. They fucked up some timelines, even though they tried not to, they did Loki. He kind of got away with the Tesseract at one point. Yeah. And Loki's getting a series on Disney plus. 
that's what I think. Maybe that one's the alternate dimension where he just kind of goes on his own adventure with a Tesseract. Can, can we talk about the time travel thing, though? Let's how it literally makes no sense. They stated it, though. They, 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 they stated it over and over and over again. And then you got old Captain America. Yes. And it doesn't work. No, like it watching it a second time, I had to go through it because that was something that was driving me nuts. It's like they keep making the point, you know, you're not back to the futuring and all this stuff. And they're going through yeah. all of these classic sci fi films that have time travel. And they even go as far as to have Tilda Swinton as, uh, what was the character's name? I can't remember the character's name either. I know, I know. I, I keep wanting to say the Grandmaster, but it's like, and no, it's that's Jeff that. That's what I keep saying, too. <laughs> oh, that's the same thing I do. She's like yeah. just the old one or the, yeah. the ancient one. The ancient yeah, one. Yeah, the ancient one. That's it. Thank you. Oh, oh, man, and she's going to explain how the Infinity Stones are an anchor to this time space. And if you go and take one away, then it creates a divergence. But if it comes back to the same place, then it's not. And it's like... They go through all this stuff. They go through these gyrations trying to explain on how their time travel concept works internally and that you shouldn't get upset that it's different than every other film that's out there, which I don't have a problem with. But then they have a sequence at the very end that is the third moment in the entire movie that made me cry a little bit, though happy tears this time, thank God. Oh, sad tears. But it Bitter just tears. ruins it because it literally is back to the futuring it is but i think this is another one of those soft fixes like with spidey sense is that i think it's assumed that he did jump back at the end of that time so he like spent his life and then basically i believe she dies and then then he like jumps back and then goes and sits on the bench or something like that well um... yeah but i mean this i like i we won't, we won't spend a ton of time talking about this for the record, but every time it comes back to they have to end up back on the platform at some point. That's and also if the where... platform doesn't exist before that moment, there's no way for him to come back. So he went back in time. He delivered all the Infinity Stones back so that, you know, the timeline wasn't totally fucked up. But then he decided to go and travel back farther into time be with her, live a full life, have a kid, make out with the kid later as the other Captain America, <laughs> and then wait on the bench for them to show up. No, that wasn't her kid. That was uh, her niece. Niece. Because she called you're her right, Auntie. You're right. Yeah, I got that Auntie. wrong. That's, that's, a, that's still awkward. About yeah. So her, her, his niece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he did make out with his niece. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I'm not going to harp on this a lot because it's a great scene and I'm willing to forgive a lot of this stuff. It is still just a movie, guys. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. Eventually, like, if you make out with a chick and then marry someone and then they become your niece after you marry them, did you make out with your niece? No, I don't think you did not. I'm going to give him a pass on that. I, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. But yeah, it's just, but also, it's, yeah, he did break his own time travel rules. And yeah, it's like, transport. yeah, no, it's, and it's sad because I loved that scene where they're explaining time travel. <laughs> It's yeah. just like, so this movie was I bullshit. I liked it too. I was excited for the rules of time travel because I fucking hate time travel. I hate <laughs> the future past time travel. I hate all time travel. It's like magic fixing. But I was okay with it. And yeah, I mean, I the worst part of the it, the worst it, part of the Keanu Reeves Superman movie is when he goes back in times and save Lois. Here's here's the other here's the other part that also kind of breaks that time travel thing is they had 
all of Thanos and Gamora jumped forward in time and then they dissolved away. So they never actually jumped back in time to replace it. So Thanos from the past died in the future so that he could never go into the past to get all the affinity stones and also kill Gamora so that Gamora is also alive. So that also doesn't work either. They almost just shouldn't have explained the rules of time travel. Yeah. And it would actually be more cohesive to the story. I think the only way that works is now that the universe they jump forward from becomes a parallel universe, a divergent that destroys itself and the one they're in. And it's like more than timelines, it's multiple universe timelines. And it's it it's kind of broken. You can kind of like hatch and glue it together a little bit, but yeah, it's still it's, I, it's still uh, the elephant in the room. That's, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm curious to see what they do in Guardians 3. Because it seems like they set them up for the plot of we're finding Gamora. And Gamora really grounds the Guardians. It would be yeah. kind of hard to watch, you know. And that's the other thing is this is the Gamora that died, stayed dead. They had yeah. two characters die for the same soul stone. So they had Gamora not die in the past and then they returned the soul stone, which I think is kind of bum deal. If you return yeah. the soul stone, you're like, hey, can I get Nat's life back? No. Well, fuck you. I'm keeping the soul stone. I paid a life for this. No, they give it back. And then Gamora has to get killed for it again, which I don't know. What does what does the does like Red Skull clean up Nat's body then? Because it's did. there on the ground. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, it just it doesn't line up. But then the Nat, the Gamora that their guardians are going to be looking for is Gamora from nine years in the past who never had any romantic relationships with Peter Quill. So He's chasing after someone who is actually completely different and never actually did love him in the first place. They even made fun of the fact uh, that he was the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? He was like, him? This is the guy I liked. And like, yeah. Yeah. It was him or the tree. Tony snapping. Yeah. Tony wouldn't know about Gamora. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. differentiate as his dying like thing, like all of Thanos and his minions except Gamora. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's Only the I, good people live. <laughs> That's why I think the Infinity Stones are like the opposite of like the monkey's paw, where they understand good intentions. And because it's like to think of every half, just like half of everyone. And then the stones are like, okay, we, we will get you and we'll make it fair. Not like monkey paws and like half of everyone, half of everything. And then just like cut living things like half the trees die and everything. And I. I gotta say, I was really happy with what they did with the Infinity Stones as well, because something they've established very well, even from Guardians of the Galaxy, where we had a real first true interaction with the Infinity Stones, you know, from somebody using them. Yep. You know, not the Natalie Portman. She's got ooh in her, her ooze in her body. Yeah. Uh, see, that's a, that's another one. It's yeah, that's 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 a whole other thing altogether. Yeah. Uh, was shocked to see her in the movie, quite honestly. <laughs> it seems like Natalie Portman is kind of embarrassed, like doesn't. She she is not happy with that role, and I'm, honestly, I don't blame her. It was poorly yeah, written. This is an Academy Award winning actress, and I mean, the only person I'm... that was more generic than her was Doctor Strange's pseudo love interest, and uh... even she hardly had any screen time. So it's like, okay, that's more forgivable. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Because Natalie Porton, like, if you've ever seen her two raps she does with Lonely Islands, she has a sense of humor. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Huh. I, the, Natalie Portman's neither here nor there, but... Uh, 
Fuck, what were we talking about? Wait, was <laughs> Natalie Portman in Endgame? When was she? She was, game? yeah. Yeah. No, they Jared, brought her that in. That part that you thought was pandering. Uh, Tyler thinks this she is was pandering to women. She, when, yeah, was she, she, when was she in that scene? Hmm? When Captain... When like, yeah, when Rocket was going and getting the stuff out of her. She's She has like oh. 15 seconds collectively of screen time. That scene, I got you. No, yeah. that's not the scene I was talking about, Amy. I was talking about a different scene. Oh no! I thought you. I thought she's in the scene. I guess she's not in the final battle at the end. No, she's not. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. a scene. Amy brought it up. That's right. She was in the movie that that single part. Yeah, yeah. yeah where she's like sleeping on the couch. Um, yeah, why do I get the feeling you and I have the same cinnable moment? <laughs> uh, there is there is the scene where they literally have where Captain Marvel's there and like give me the gauntlet. I'm gonna get across. And Peter Parker's just like it's too tough. And she's yeah, like, you sure I you got handle. this. Yeah, I got this. And then she's not alone. And then literally every single female carer except Nat uh, comes up. And then it's just like oh they're they're all here. It's like like I get it. It, it it's really pandering in how they did it because you yes. could have just had individual moments of them being badasses or even a few of them going and saving the guys just like you know you can have those moments you can have the you know women are powerful too moments but then you have literally the, the thing that gets me about it is more the pepper potts character because she's finally in the rescue armor we've been waiting to yeah. see this for several yep. movies yeah and there's a scene where she is like right next to tony like not 30 seconds beforehand. And then suddenly she's clear on the other side of the battlefield helping Captain Marvel, who if there is a character that does not need help, it's Captain Captain Marvel. It it would almost be better. And I got to say, I, I, I know we're talking about this particular scene, but I feel like this needs to be brought up with Captain Marvel just as a whole. I actually am more confused right now than ever what her actual purpose was in yes. having that standalone movie because we yes. all thought that this was a lead up to this. Like you could have had her origin story come out after this film and I think it would have actually been better because like, she does nothing. Happened. Yeah. That's just it. She does like nothing in this movie. I like she her does. Stash. She's like there's other planets that are going through the same thing without I, the Avengers. I she like that lots. moment off screen yeah that was a great moment but it's like it seems like she almost only exists just to go and be the ex machina that saves tony and nebula and bring him back to earth yeah because even when she's fighting thanos and she should have no problem given on what we've seen with all of her abilities she gets wrecked in a punch that is inconsistent. The power structures of the Marvel Universe are always inconsistent, though. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. But it's like there was some weird stuff that they went with. But like I said, the final battle, it feels like something that you would get out of a good season of television. And it's just like the ending is just there for fanfare. It's yeah. Arrow season two. It's the last episode of Steven Universe. It's uh, the last episode of Young Justice season two. Was it really necessary to have this extra moment? No. Was it satisfying as all fuck? Yes. Yes, it was. The only thing about the ending that was unsatisfying to me, Gwyneth Paltrow dropped the ball on her acting. That whole goodbye to Tony was weird. It was weird. It was like she was like, oh, "Oh, good. Now I won't have to worry about you anymore. She's like, it's okay. Like, It's hard to write a goodbye for a character like that because she's so logical 
Oh, Amy, you're you're breaking up here. Hold on. She's so logical. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just go into your thought again, because you're on a good track. Go for it. Oh, it, it's hard to write a touching goodbye for a character who's not overly emotional and has also already had so many Tony's gonna die moments. It was it was just weird, and I don't really know what the I, solution was. I kind of feel the same way. Like, I was happy with how they let him go with the, you know, I am Iron Man. That mm. was great. But I got to say, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball a little bit on the emotional aspects of what was left over. Like, I feel like if you had just had him gone the next moment, you know, the next time you see him, he's just the soldier dead in the middle of the battlefield. I feel like that would have been a more powerful thing than him slowly dying. It almost felt like they were trying to call back to Peter, you know, getting ready to fade out. Then it did as a real, you know, this is me going. I just you know, don't I, think they wanted it to be abrupt because the decapitation of Thanos was abrupt. And I don't think they wanted multiple abrupt deaths, you know? And that's kind of like how you let loved characters go. Yeah. In the arms of somebody, I, I guess. It's the way to die. Yeah. Actually, I think the the best way to do it is like, they do this a lot in movies when it's so emotional is they cut all sound. And then they oh. just have play the music. Yeah. And that so it's just good. them dying slowly without any audio and just like melodic music paying. And then people feel that. And then people just can be screaming, no, no, no. Well, but you don't... Feeling, I guess. It, yeah. But even yeah. that was kind of awkward as well. How they switched over to this, you know, walking camera shot moving through these characters, a lot of which didn't really directly interact with him anyway. And it was, the it was, but, the butler guy, the helper guy, yeah, uh, interacting with his daughter like that was well, weird. I, that actually, I thought was really that was a nice nod because that's oh, that John Favreau great. playing Happy Hogan, and John Favreau yes. directed the first two Iron Man movies and uh, produced and supervised on the script for the third. Yeah, he that actually, I thought that was the second moment that made me cry in the movie was when he was talking to the daughter. She said, what do, you, what do you want, kiddo? And she said that she wanted a cheeseburger. And I just remember that scene with Tony. Give after they land, he's coming back. Um, and that's all that he wanted. Yeah. And you see John Favreau just look off screen. And it's just like, I know exactly what's going through his head. Yeah. And that moment with John, I, I think that that was actually genuine emotion. I think that he remembered where this journey started all those years ago. I'm I'm waiting for the director's commentary because John Favreau is not a great actor. <laughs> I think that all the Iron Man movies have shown us that he's not a great actor, but that moment resonated with me so well. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they didn't tell him what she was going to say. And he just got hit with all of it. I loved that moment. I guess I didn't understand the reference. I'd forgotten about that moment. Well, and yeah, and that... Quite honestly, it subtle. yeah, it it was very subtle, and I don't think that everybody was supposed to get it. Yeah. But that to me was actually more emotional than going and doing this, you know, sweeping shot through the crowd of all of these characters. And it's like, I, I, I yeah, I didn't find that. I found that like that was like a nice solemn. This is who's left. Uh, yeah. So when they swapped through it, and then it was like it was very swapped in the way that they're like 
segregated into their spots of who they were as people's groups. And yeah. so it like, they were standing very specifically and go, this is who's left. And that's why I also was thought it was really weird when there's the one guy standing there who was like, I did not recognize at all. Yeah, so no, that confused me. And I was like, I'm already out of that moment then. Yeah, that that was awkward. And then you get to Captain Marvel in the back. And then you got Nick was Fury off to the side. Fuck, she was oh, looking. That, oh, my God, that lo- suit. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. But I digress. It was not a great scene for an Iron Man funeral, of all things. But it, just, it was, it was like, it almost was like, no, even then, because I was trying to say like every character was as close to him as how they were close to him in real life. But again, they also kind of maybe yeah. weren't. The Guardians were like number three. <laughs> yeah. And like T'Challa was up there too. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. that's. Well, dude, if I had fought in, like to save the universe with somebody, I would damn well go to their funeral. Oh, no yeah. How no. much like conversation I had had with. I, that part I'm not going to argue. It was just more the way they did that scene. That just they were just doing what was aesthetic. It 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 was Nobody it was would very naturally be standing that way, and you need to suspend your disbelief because the way people naturally would be standing wouldn't be aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not going to argue that. Like it's not a bad scene. It's just I'm glad they had that scene with the daughter and happy after that because that was the only emotion I got out of that. Yeah, I don't know if they're playing for super emotion. I think they're playing I, for. That's kind of the way I felt the second time around. Is more just yeah. like you know the these are the people that are left over. This is who you set up. This yeah. is what was made this is, because this is of your you. head count. Yeah this this is your legacy. You know and that's what I got the second time around. The first time was just like this just feels unnatural. And who is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> who is that guy? <laughs> right out is like who the fuck was that? Like, like my wife looks at me and it's just like who is he was he in this movie it's like i have no freaking clue who that is yeah it's the boy it's the same actor he, he's just aged that much and looks that yeah. much different because he I, was no longer a preteen. he's just a regular teen and hit his growth spurt and it was just it was jarring <laughs> so yeah yeah I, Guys, huh. we made it to the end of the movie Pretty much, yeah. No, and we, we spent very little time talking about Hulk Ruffalo, uh, which makes me very happy. <laughs> Those were I the mean, fun. There was some the super post credit thing, which didn't happen. Just the tinking of the Iron Man. Yeah, I, which I believe that's what it was. Like when it came I, back in, it sounded I, like that's the start. I, I have had the weirdest time because I have talked to people and they're just like, well, are they going and setting up this character or something like that? With that, it's just like, guys, it's literally a sound sampling from Iron Man One. Yeah, like it's really not hard to identify. It's a homage piece. It's yeah, like it, it is. It starts it, Iron Man. It finishes with Iron Man. Yeah, which was great. I, I don't know. It, this this film just kind of bringing it all back together. I enjoyed it the second time around. After I got out of the reviewer's headspace. It's got problems, but I will still tell anybody that has watched even just a simple majority of these films, watch it. This is a cultural phenomenon, like Amy said. This is this is the closest thing to Lord of the Rings that anybody this generation is going to get because everybody is seeing this. It's broken records like crazy. The studio has done a very good job of supporting this. It's done a great job of supporting the actors, the producers, the directors, and making sure that this ended up everywhere it needed to be. 
Uh, a lot of people do not know this, but Disney and Marvel actually lowered uh, the per theater revenue to go and get this into more theaters because of the more limited runtime being three hours and one minute takes away like 20% of the number of screenings that each theater can do on average nationwide. They opened it up to more theaters. They dropped the costs that a lot of smaller theaters would be able to actually afford the film and be able to go and utilize it. They've done a great job of making sure that this film is as widely disseminated as possible and making sure that it is as widely accessible as possible. Hmm. And granted, they're going to make a butt ton of money as a result of oh, this. Yeah. It's good business. Oh, yeah. oh they spent yeah. a lot of money too, though. Oh, God, yeah. Just all the people. I mean, there's like 20 Academy Award or Academy Award winners in this thing and a whole bunch of nominees. Yeah. Like, seriously, this was not a cheap movie to make just from actors alone. And the... All that CGI in that final battle, I don't even want to think about and how much that cost by itself. <laughs> yeah. Just... And Thor's gut. I cannot imagine on how much it cost to make <laughs> the that. The prosthetic. <laughs> Thor's gut prosthetic was 20% of this film's budget. Like, if Shazam's costume actually cost a million dollars to make, I do not even want to know how much that belly cost. My God, it was just there staring you in the face. Oh. All right. And any any final thoughts? Any anything else you guys want to say? My I final. Me. I do have a final thought of if you're listening to this, and if you have watched a bunch of the Marvel movies, you have already watched this on opening night. You know all these spoilers. You're we're yeah. just in this together. If you haven't seen it, um, but if you have watched a bunch of the movies, you're gonna go see it regardless. This is one of those things that like most of the people that are in in the know of this, they have been waiting for this and it's just, it's guaranteed that everyone's going to watch it. If you're still on the fence to go watch it, go watch it. But like, you're going to be lost unless you've seen a bunch of the other ones. If you've seen none of the other ones, I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast. Go watch all the other ones right now. <laughs> that's, that's my piece. Right it's, now. Yeah. Right now. It took me two months, yeah. but no. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's 300, no, 3000 minutes. 200 and 200 or 2,800 minutes of think of straight content. And I'm, I'm going to look that up right now just because I, I need to know. I need to know before this podcast ends. Yeah. So while Rob looks that up, I think it's, I think it's like 2,800 of like straight solid minutes. If you spend that time, you can watch through all the movies. Um, but yeah. Amy, do you have any last thoughts? That's America's ass. That's America's ass. <laughs> that is America's ass. God, that was good. I loved how much fucking I loved awkward Ant Man loving Steve Rogers. Thanks, Captain Rogers. Steve, Captain Re Steve, America, Steve. I love you. <laughs> Just like, oh, he's so awkward and loves him. It's America's oh. ass. So yeah, with that. Um, okay, there are two thousand seven hundred. Ooh, and fifty four minutes. Uh, I was close. You you were you really were not far up. off. <laughs> rounded up because I think with homecoming or from far from home, it makes it exactly three thousand. It, it'll it'll be close on there. I haven't seen an That's official runtime, but yeah, it's okay. it's close. Yeah, so it is very that, close. With I think that. if you hate stairs, you should see this movie. 
If you hate stairs. If you hate stairs. If you hate stairs. Hulk does oh. hate stairs. <laughs> Best Hulk moment in the whole movie. Oh my god. I'd forgotten about that. That 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 was a great scene. I like I like I like there are some scenes. It's like they had some weird after scenes of things of like you see the fight happens, but you don't see what happens after the fight. And you're like, oh, it's like behind the scene. It was it's good. Just watch it, man. I want to go. I need to go watch it again now. Fuck. I, shit. I, I, Why I, am I, I doing this? Why am I, I recording this podcast? I could be watching a movie right now. I could you, be watching you, Endgame. Hey, Tyler, you want to go see Endgame right let's now? See Endgame. Let's go see Endgame. Let's go see Endgame right let's now. Get out of here. Let's go and get out of here. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. go. We'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do it on iTunes, Google Play, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you know where we are. If you listen to us, you know where we are. We're on iTunes. We're on everything. You can find us. Just Google us. Google us. You'll find us. Tell your friends. Endgame. Go watch it. All right. Now it's end podcast. Yeah. Go into the movies. Bye.